Welcome to The Power of Stories, a podcast by women, about women, and for women. Their voices and their stories. I am Sharon Catherine D'Agostino, a passionate advocate for the empowerment of women and girls everywhere and the founder of sayitforward.org. And I'm Yodit Kifle-Smith, a creative dedicated to making sure the voices and stories of women are heard. I have the privilege of working with Sharon on sayitforward.org to do just that. In this podcast, you will meet courageous women from around the world whose unique path to empowerment will leave you encouraged and inspired. We have the privilege of having Blessing Timidi Diha join us today from Toronto, Canada. Blessing is a Black woman who identifies as a feminist, but is also an advocate, storyteller, and community-based researcher on gender-based violence and sexual reproductive health and rights. She likes to kickstart very uncomfortable conversations on issues that concern, affect, and impact girls and women. Welcome, Blessing. Thank you so much, Yodit. We are thrilled that you are here, Blessing. You moved from Nigeria to Canada, and most of us cannot imagine what it would be like to pick up our life and move to a completely different country. How was that adjustment of being in a totally new place? Okay, I would say that leaving Nigeria wasn't the easiest decision to make. And at the time, I didn't even know I was going to leave Nigeria, like, permanently. In 2018, I lost two children to a fire incident. And so at that time, every memory I had of Nigeria was just pain. I couldn't remember my achievements. I couldn't remember my work, you know, I couldn't remember anything. At that point, I couldn't relate Nigeria to anything good for me. And there was nothing left for me in Nigeria. And it still feels that way most of the time. It just felt like I had given everything I had. And so when I left, it was actually supposed to be for a vacation It was supposed to be, okay, you know what, go away and take time for yourself and all that. But I just couldn't take that time away. I was still in that, even though I wasn't in Nigeria in person, I was still in Nigeria in the pain and everything. So I just needed to leave. And I found my way to Canada and um, it's home now. I cannot imagine the pain and trauma and resulting grief that would come from losing two children. And certainly there are going to be people who are listening who have lost um, children or other loved ones. How did you navigate your grief and move forward? First, as an African Grief is not something we talk about. Um, a lot of Africans who will who are listening will relate when I say that when we lose a loved one, we're told that God gives and 
God has taken. And so that's it. First, there was the pressure of people saying I should get pregnant. And I'm like, I just lost two children. What makes you think the first thing on my mind is to get pregnant? It wasn't easy. I would actually say that I started processing grief when I got to Canada. That's when I got to Canada and I did my uh, medicals. The doctor was like, what? You need to see a psychiatrist. And so in like a month, I was sitting in front of a psychiatrist. I know that not everybody will be able to see a psychiatrist or a therapist because of a range of reasons. Um, funds, it's actually expensive. Um, beliefs, culture. But one thing I would say is anyhow you want to process grief is valid. You're the one who wears the shoes. Even if you do try to explain it to people, they might not really get it. You want to lose weight? It's valid. You want to stay some days without having a shower? It's valid. However grief presents itself to you, it's valid. Because I have lost children, many times people ask me for advice, maybe if they have a friend who is dealing with grief, they ask me, blessing, what should I say? And I'm like, well, I'm no therapist, but ask people how they want to be supported. There is no template for handling grief. It's, you know, it's per person. So asking people how you can support them will actually go a long way. And do you feel like you've had people in your life to ask you those questions? Yes, I do. A very dear friend. So when I lost my kids, she sent me a message and she said, I want to come visit you. I don't know what I'm going to say to you, but I want to come visit you. And it meant a lot because at that time, Everybody was praying. Everybody was, you know, I'm not saying the prayers were bad, but at that time, half of the time, I didn't even know what I was feeling myself. And so it felt very nice to have someone to say, I don't know what I'm going to tell you. And um, she came that day. She stayed for hours. She held my hand. Um... I'm so sorry, guys. She didn't say a word to me. She, she just sat there with me and I felt so seen. I felt so, it felt liberating. I, there was no talk of get pregnant, no talk of there was, she did not say a word to me. I think she must have spent two, three hours with me that day. And she did not say a word. She just sat there with me and held my hand. And it was just the 
best thing ever. Like, and even now, because I have lost kids, a lot of people usually expect me to know what to say. And many times when they reach out to me, I'm like, I do not know what to say, but I am here for you, however you want me to support you. And it's because I learned that from someone. In fairness, I would say that in my circle of friends, I'm the first person to have experienced that type of grief or that kind of incident. And so a lot of people, you know, didn't know what to say, how to take it, put it into consideration that many of my friends also had met my children when I work. So during work, I sometimes take my children. So I know that they were also experiencing some form of, you know, grief. But yeah, I am lucky. I do have friends that um, ask me how I want to be supported, who see beyond, you know, sometimes the facade that I show people. I feel speechless. Um, but just thank you for sharing that. Um, the gift of presence goes a long way. And I know many who are listening today, um, those words um, can be a balm. So just thank you so much. How can we all, how can you blessing, how can you encourage other women and girls to confidently use their voice and claim their power? We can start by being realistic with our own reality. The dynamics for speaking out for a woman in Nigeria, Africa, depending on the state where she lives, the culture she belongs to, and um, existing power structures will be different from a woman in Afghanistan or in the United States of America. For some of us, when we speak out, we're speaking out because we have the platforms, we have the lived experience, we have the social capital, we have the privilege. For some women, speaking out might be a form of healing in helping others your helping yourself. Recently, there was um, in the news, some women in Nigeria came together and bought a vehicle and got a driver. Now it turns out that they do not have a hospital in their community and women were dying from childbearing, you know, prolonged labor and all that. Many times they have to wait till dawn to take women to the hospitals. And so they bought a car and they got a driver that will transport women to you know, hospitals at any time of the day when they needed to access medical services, especially during childbirth. Now, to an average person, you might think that woman is not speaking out because she's not talking verbally. In her own way, she has empowered other women 
And unfortunately, I have to use the word girls because we also have an issue of child marriage in Nigeria with life. They get to have assistance on ground when they need it. And because of that act, there is also a spotlight on the community. You know? So in being realistic with her reality, in being realistic with her expectations, in using her voice the way she knows best, even without speaking, she is actually speaking. And so she doesn't even need to speak now. We're speaking on her behalf. The women who have benefited from that car speak on her behalf. All the news agencies who have shone light on that community speak on her behalf. So not all of us are going to talk or stand on stages, but we speak out in different ways. Don't be under pressure to say, oh, because Blessing stands on a podium, I must stand on a podium. No, if you're very good in writing letters, please write those letters to the powers that be. If you're very good in community mobilizing, please do that. You're also using your voice, you know. Using your voice presents itself in different ways. Know how you can use your voice and use it. Well, that is a powerful reminder um, so that we're not limited um, by just the verbal aspect of speaking. So thank you, Blessing. This, uh, this conversation has been a gift. Thank you for the gift of your presence, for the gift of your words, and the gift of your story. So just thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much. Blessing, I am rarely speechless. I feel speechless right now. This was beautiful and inspiring and courageous because you shared aspects of your story that we wouldn't have expected to hear. So thank you very much. Thank you so much for being here. Yodit, thank you always for walking this path with me and today with blessing. And to our listeners, we invite you to visit sayitforward.org, a place where you are welcome to share one or more stories about your unique path to empowerment. Or you can read the stories of other women and girls. This is Sharon Catherine D'Agostino and Yodit Kifle-Smith signing off for now and hoping you'll join us for our next episode of the Power of Stories podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, we do hope you'll give us a review and recommend the Power of Stories to a friend. And lastly, we want to remind you of the power of your story.